Are we going to slap some numbers? What are we doing? We're, we're going to slap some numbers. This is episode number 259. There we go. 59. 69? No. 59. Takes two to 69. Okay, that's that's in a few. Okay. Well, welcome, everybody. This is our weekly talk show with, uh, that's, a, that's a young impaler over there. And um, I'm lost. I'm uh, I'm about to uh, float away. We've had uh, we had some serious rain here. It always seems to be one or the other. We're in this massive drought in the summer, and now we've got this massive uh, right. I'm building a little arc outside and uh, okay. I'm going to get a bunch of animals on there and shoot some videos of some sexy time. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> so so what, what's going on in Impaler Land over there? The island of the Impaler, Impaler Land. What am I doing? I've, I've been, uh, I'm catching up on Prodigious Saps. Um, what's that? Prodigious Saps is the other podcast I do Ooh. with my friend Brendan. It's the very nerdy, much nerdier podcast than this one. What's funny is that sometimes when I record those shows, I'll still have stuff up from like, I had Elvis, I had an Elvis DVD behind me. Cause we were talking about Elvis a couple weeks ago and Brendan will comment on it. And he shared something with me. I didn't know before was that the Vegas, you know, Elvis's classic Vegas get up with the Cape and everything was based on a comic book character. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's where he, where he got the idea from was uh, captain Marvel jr. Is where <laughs> Is where he got that. Apparently, even his his hairstyle with the with the you know with the curl and all that stuff was uh was based on that. So that and now the lightning bolt too. It's, it's like the Captain Marvel lightning bolt, the TCB. So he was a, he was a bit of a nerd, that Elvis. Oh, I'm going to need a moment. Um, <laughs> yes, that last Elvis episode pushed me back into some of those older songs I used to cover. Uh, Love me, don't be cruel. Uh, Blue Moon of Kentucky, all this stuff. I was playing around with them the other day on the on the acoustic. Just, just so, so many, so many songs, and it was funny the transition into that El- into that Elvis uh, Vegas scene. That's that time. He uh, he he kind of not not kind of one hundred percent just like cut off the the fifties and sixties and went right into that gaudy soupy big band versions of these songs, which I mentioned before, you know, Poke Saladani always comes to mind as, as, as I forget who it was, but somebody said, he's fucking singing about salad. You know, you know, what, what were he singing about vegetables? You know, what, what, what the the hell is wrong with him? Yes, he was. But uh, again, just because I'm a fan. So it's difficult to, it's easy to see how, goofy that would sound and look to other people but still his voice and the power and that that just the the dynamics in that band and the backing vocals and the the pump and the just the experience of that just i i i it, it it's it was definitely the, the progression that that it needed to take i don't i think he could have done without the movies you know those crappy movies but I think musically, I, I think that was the way it went. The band was smoking, just smoking, you know, Jerry. Oh, Shet. yeah. You know, I mean, the language, you know, we, we, we talk about this uh, in, in the woodshed when we're, we develop, we've talked about it many times as well uh, on Slavercast. Uh, we have talked about how we d- you develop a, a conversation without look, without, mo- you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it's this, it's just in the ethos. It's just, there's no, the, the, there's no signal. There's no, but we're all thinking the same thing because 
you develop this language in music and it and it it transcends it transcends even thought it's just one of these things yeah that's exactly where we're going to go no no uh, the music just goes that way because you're you we've been playing together so long and we we, we you know and the, these rehearsals are so they're, they're not scripted but they are in scripted in that we all kind of know what the song needs at that moment you know when we're doing original ideas and yeah, just back and forth. And it's just, but that band on stage looked like they had, now they rehearsed their asses off. There's no question there, mm-hmm. but yeah. still on, on stage, I mean, he could do anything and that band was right there on him. There was no, mm-hmm. you know, so as gaudy and as goofy and as, as, as uh, j- just, you know, h- however people perceived it, Tim, that 70s stuff to me was just so beautiful because it was, it was so rich in, texture you know had so many different layers of great musicianship and and all led by El, you know all led by elvis's wonderful rhythm and his great sense of humor you know that that you know like yeah. w- watch when they would you know when, when they would walk when he'd walk the stage and he'd get the silk scarves and, and he'd hand them out to the to the audience i mean that band was still i mean smoking in the pocket on that you know uh, just yeah yeah some, some of the humor just said, we, we talked, I was rhapsodizing about his humor a couple episodes ago, but I just, I, I put this at the, at the beginning of that episode was where, uh, from one of his live shows where he's, he's introduced, he's starting, uh, I got a woman, which, uh, was one of my favorite, uh, covers that he does. He starts off and he's going, well, uh, well, uh, like re- repeatedly clearing his throat. And then yeah. he kind of turns and looks at the backup singers and like going, eh, it was pretty funny. Because <laughs> you know? that is that is our sense of humor. That that We've yeah. been doing that kind of crap in the band the whole damn time. So it's yeah. like, I see that and I'm like, I love that guy. I just, I, as, as Turbo would say, if he was here. We perceive him as like this god of entertainment, but when you see him doing these jokes, it kind of brings him down to earth. And it's like, he's like a buddy, you know? Yeah. And that, that's... It's it's one of the most. I think that's really. I think that has a lot to do with why people love him so much. Is that he's just he feels like family in a way. At the same time, he is the king as well. So it's a it's a special place that he holds. Yeah, for, and, and, and again, fans. he was in. I mean, it, it was such a different uh, landscape back then. Musically, it was such a different landscape because uh, although there was, a, I'm sure, a million bands, a hundred million bands, whatever there was you know there still was that focus on him that focus he was under a magnifying glass for so long he was part of the american you know people would think of mcdonald's and elvis you know or elvis and mcdonald you know i don't know if there's if there's ever been a bigger name you know than elvis and you know what i mean it it, it just just mm-hmm. world just known well you know i mean you could you know drop somebody in the middle of, of you know the the rainforest and you know the you know, people would have heard of him. His style, and like you say, his humor and all that stuff. It was it, it. It you can't teach that, nor can you. You know, he did have his yes men around him. He had the yeah 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 he, good one. He, you know, he had that, especially at the end, because people needed to they 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 needed or they craved that. You know his limelight, and but they also needed that that job. You know they needed job security, so you want to be the yes man. You want to be the, mm-hmm. you know you you don't want to get in his bad side. You don't want to be ousted. And you don't want to be so. Uh, he did have that, but at the same time, 
Go back early. We, I often talk about the Beatles, how they were tremendous in, in interviews, just slapstick, funny, thought provoking, but and bratty. You know, extremely not ill will, but this cutting, cutting humor. I mean, do do not dare to uh, to ask them a silly question because you will get ripped apart. I yes. mean, you yes. devoured. Um, and another person like that was Dave Letterman, who uh, I thought was just if you did, if you were not on, and I hate that a game, I hate that saying, but if you weren't on, 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 on in top form when you're in the company of that, you're, you, that's it. And Elvis was was a lot because there was only one, you know, because you know he didn't have you know three other guys to 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 joke around with or to 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 riff off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had his. Um, God, I'm, I'm a thousand thoughts, you know, because I, I I I picture these these interviews where he starts laughing and he cracks himself up because I think what yeah. he's doing is he's taking these situations and, and and because there's only him he can't tell you the 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 preface or the the basis but but he's recalling these jokes you know these humor humor you know humorous moments in a you know maybe maybe on a stage or maybe on a on a in a rehearsal or you know somewhere studio and he and he can't. Uh, you know, like you say, you can't riff off anybody, so he's got to do it all himself. So that that side of him, you know, was good. But at the same time, if you asked him a silly question, Elvis would 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 be very would seem to be a little bit more kind. You know, because he's 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 not going to. But you could see him. You could see that. You know uh, that uh, you know that demon. You know that because he did have yeah. that. He did have that very very very. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say dark sense of humor, but he did have a have a cutting, you know, sense of humor, you know, if need be. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think the seventies, uh, you know, I love the sixty eight comeback special. I, I love that as a as a just as just as a musical, you know, set, uh, you know, moment in time. But the seventies to me, that seventies Vegas Elvis was is still some of my favorite stuff. You know what when I. When I'm in a studio, I'll ask for that 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 kind of vocal effect because I just love that rich, wet, you know, just big sound, you know. Then and and mm-hmm. you know, yes, his his voice was ninety nine percent of it, but but still, there was a lot of lot of really really good production on that. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about this. Uh, we were fantasizing the last last Elvis episode about. Uh, people we would have loved to see him collaborate with yeah. you know, given the chance. And I was just now thinking, man, wouldn't it be cool if, if both he and Phil, Phil Linet had, had survived long enough to do something together. Yeah. Cause Phil, I, it's kind of, I, that, that documentary I watched kind of glossed over it a bit. The, the, his career after thin Lizzie broke up uh, and up until he died that, the early eighties, you know, those with that two year period, I guess it was eighty four. It didn't he didn't like go into that downward spiral immediately. I mean, he was pretty busy at first. And I saw I saw some footage of him from like eighty two and he looks just completely bright and bushy tailed, looks totally healthy. Uh, but some so something obviously happened in eighty six where he just got just went off the deep end. But you know, there's the the stuff he did with Mark Knopfler. There's this like a video out there of him performing that song that he did with them on, on his solo album. It's fantastic it's fucking fantastic, you know. And that, that 
gets buried yeah. you know it's like it's all you look at that it's like it's like wouldn't it be it's like a dream like wouldn't it be great if you worked with mark knopfler he did yeah <laughs> go watch he, it that, that vocal like i said that vocal production on his uh you know um that studio work that they did on his voice i mean that's exactly that, that's all it, i mean of course the song's about him but it's still that's that rich tone i'm talking about that's that you know uh mm-hmm. yeah just oh just oh so amazing you know the the uh, the I his solo records and his poetry and stuff like that. You know which I, I still love. I just love that he was able to Phil was able to. You know, Thin Lizzy afforded him the recognition, you know, the name recognition, and the clout to go out and put together, uh, you know, whatever band he wanted to and sing in whatever, you know genre you know he decided to 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 take on you know jamaican rum solo and soho um uh dear miss lonely hearts what a brilliant 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 uh boy talk about a snippet in time too uh his uh uh, dear miss lonely hearts that was such a that was such a huge moment at, at that time for the people to write in you know the the uh the you know, at the back of the newspaper, you'd find the 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 the, the wanted ads and the the yeah. self help. You know, the the dear whatever her name was. You know, the therapist that would the personals. Yes, yeah. thank you. Fucking forty minutes later, <laughs> God, yeah. But that was such a that was such a, an amazing. Uh, I, I you know heard stories too of people writing in saying, "I saw this chick on the bus and she was lovely. She mm-hmm. had." frosted blonde hair and a mini skirt and i love her i'd like to meet her again give me a and, and people meeting like that people reading the the, the like, what the fuck is that i mean it's me today elvis the 68 comeback special to me that's timeless uh it, it will it will it will always sound it will always sound wonderful the 70s stuff does def to me sounds dated and it sounded dated in the 80s you know it was it was very you know 50s and 60s, yeah, that stuff is timeless. Beatles, timeless. But you, you, you know, like, like, like. So, so let's go. Fast forward into the 80s when all the new wave, whether it was what they call new wave and the, the punk and all that stuff. To me, that stuff is, I, I, love it or not, it's, it's still, it was, it was stale, not stale, but you know what I mean, like dated. It, it, you knew, you knew what time it was from, and it, it, it didn't hold. Like a like a Mark Knopfler tune, you know, uh, or, or or better still, a Shane McGowan song. That, that, there you go, Shane McGowan. You could play Broad Majestic, Majestic Shannon. You could play it, although it wasn't written, you know, in the fifties, and you can play it ten years from now, and it's still going to sound as bright yeah. and beautiful as as you know. And 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 to me, mm-hmm. that, it, 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 that doesn't make it good or bad. You know, people are going to love it no matter what if it touches you the right way. If it if it if it moves you. You know, it's going to be. It doesn't matter at time, but the, the, those songs I, and stale is the wrong word. But you know what I mean. It just it, they just sounded like they were just completely out of out of sync with the moment. Not yeah. sick. I, I, out of out of you know, it's not the flavor of today. I saw an, a, a great interview with a, a couple of the old Dire Straits players, and they were talking about modern music, and they said, you know, we're careful not to dog they didn't use that word but they said you know to uh put down any of the artists today 
and which there are phenomenal artists, they said, because our parents and all those that came before us always put down our music and put down what we're listening to. And, 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 and I thought, man, I need to kill a song again. No, I, I, I thought, <laughs> uh, I thought to myself, I said, self, you need, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm just opinion. I'm, I'm extremely opinionated. And, uh, um, songs that like piss me off. I, I saw another great clip of that. Uh, your favorite band, Chad uh, Motley Crue. I saw um, that 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 uh, that guy s- singing. Um, oh, Vince. Vince Neil. Vince Neil. Thank you. Yes, he was. Are you serious? Are you live right now? There was, of course, it was live, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And then the the the, the backing vocals came in. I swear to God. I mean, I, I'll, I'll bet my life on it. There was nothing live. The backing vocals came in. I was like, why can't you do that with the lead vocals? Oh, yeah. There, there's a YouTube channel I've been watching. Uh, Michael Nolan. I love this guy's channel. He's He kind of reminds me of like uh, of Jack Saunders. Like if Jack Saunders was like a radio DJ, he's got kind of the same hair. Michael Nolan, he's got this delivery on his YouTube. He's like, he kind of talks to the camera. Like, hey, and here's the thing. But he he's been he's been off on Motley Crue for like the past couple months because they they got nailed for using backing tracks and stuff and they're oh. like, like almost nothing they're doing is live now apparently so he's like that's not you know this is not acceptable <laughs> this is not cool yeah yeah that, apparently that's a thing I yeah I wouldn't have known it, about it if it wasn't for him it, but it's so and 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 we have many many times here on Slappercast episode two fifty nine. You know this, and before we've always made not made fun of, but we just it, 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 it it's it's torturous to me to 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 see a band playing with backing tracks only if I mean I, I it's just hard to I just don't like backing tracks a because people think it's really easy to do that is not easy, um, but what's more difficult is to get a band together and to learn that and to play it well. So, yeah, but, but still the backing tracks to me, to, to me, it's just a cop out. I don't like it. I never have. And, uh, and, and, and again, it's only my opinion. It's nothing against bands that do it. However, when I saw that clip, when the backing vocals came in after he finished, after he finished uh, ejaculating into, 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 into the mic, I mean, whatever the hell he was doing, uh, <clears throat> it was so bad that, I mean, excuse me, it was so Obviously, the vocal was bad. The, the production was so perfect on the backing track, on the chorus. It was ser- it was the same. Uh, I, I would sonically, it would be the same to me as if you were listening to a very, very, very well produced CD, and then you put on a scratched old record. Well, obviously, the, the other way. So the LP first, you know scratchy and hissy and needle jumping and all that stuff. And then you listen to the CD because it was that the, 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 the change in tone and sonically were so far apart. And it, 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 it was, I, I, why, why would you do that? So anyway, I, I, God, are we the only people that have, have, have gone from, from Elvis to, to, to Motley Crue? <laughs> Has that ever happened before? And, uh, you know, for those listening at home, I, we, you know, our deepest apologies. But um, <laughs> yes, your friend. Oh, and I also want to say, too, uh, on the last episode, too, we, we'd, uh, I went off on this John Sykes. I still love John Sykes. I think he's one of the 
great guitar players of our time. However, definitely an acquired taste. Uh, he plays a lot, a lot, way too many notes uh, for a lot of people's taste. But we were doing the Thin Lizzy, which we we're going to mm. to be continued. Um, we oh, were yeah. doing the Thin Lizzy chat, and uh, well, one of the comments on there was saying how Robbo was overlooked in our episode. Uh, I do not discount nor overlook Robbo at any at Brian Robertson at any moment. I think Brian Robertson's phenomenal. I was. Again, in, in in my very short sighted, uh, I, I, I'm the world champion grudge holder as well. I don't know if you know that, but uh, I was just still I'm still pissed off at Brian Robertson for a getting in a bar fight and you know fucking up. Things, you know, so many things that went wrong. But I, I'm still yeah. I'm still pissed off at him about that. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. Yeah, but well, he I'm, was just a kid. I know. The I mean, guy, a just baby. a kid. Yeah. So it's great. You see the you know interviews with him in the past thirty years. He's like, yeah, I'm if I fucked up, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's grown up, and in the meantime, you know, who, who would have thought? But yeah, he was only seventeen when Philo hired him. I mean, yeah, and and like, and on. his work is is it, 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 it's phenomenal. It, it's just it's so beautiful. He and then he went on to play with Motorhead, and he did a phenomenal job in Motorhead. The only thing is, he was he was so uh, he's so stubborn. You know, he decided he would do. Short shorts and leg warmers in Motorhead. I don't know if you know Motorhead, but uh, it's kind of like. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's worse than Snowy White. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Vince Neil in in in, in vocal lessons. It's like, why, why are you even trying? You know, yeah. it's, it's just awful, awful, awful. But anyway, back to Rob. So. I never discount nor overlook Brian Robertson and uh, in, 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 his contribution to uh, Thin Lizzy. I think uh, I think he's phenomenal. I think he's uh, uh, just an, an amazing. I, I think I think what I'd like to do is uh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to. I mean, if, if 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 all of our Thin Lizzy fans, fellow Thin Lizzy lovers, um, watch Gary Moore's tribute to Phil at the RDS in Dublin. Uh, just, uh, just, just, just watch that show where all the lads come out. They all do just, they all do tremendous work. They all do, uh, they really, they really did Phil Lynott proud. They did Thin Lizzy proud on that night, and it's, it's just, it's, it, it, it really does. It, 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 it makes me tear up. Just, you know, just, just, yeah. To, to, to see the evolution of that band and to see how beautiful those songs are and how how a, a lot of those songs again like to early point you know sounded dated but the music the the the, the i mean the productions sounded a little dated but those songs hold up today and uh and you know even you know even if you're not a hard rock fan i guarantee you you would find a lot to love in thin lizzy i i mm-hmm. I, I, I bet my i bet everything on it I so, have to say that for these these past uh, few episodes, or we've been digging into them so much more than we have. Well, we've always talked about them, but but I, because of the, especially of that the the episode, the two episodes we've done on them now, I've I've been digging into them a lot more than I have uh, in a while. And I, I before this, I really only kind of listened to their later '70s stuff. I hadn't really tucked into the you know the early stuff. So I'm been really enjoying i started listening to nightlife the other the other day for the first time like this is so fucking good yeah and uh 
So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to, to digging into those albums. I just, you know, Johnny the Fox, um, Nightlife, uh, Shades of Blue Orphanage, and all these ones. I just, I need and, and Vagabonds. I, Vagabonds. I've heard Vagabonds before, but it's been a, been a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. There was a guy I found on YouTube. Another quick, quick, quick side note um, named Phil Aston. I think he's got a channel called um, Now Spinning, and uh, an English guy. Huge Lizzie fan, and he has a video. That's, that's how I found him. Is like he's got a video where he's ranking all the studio albums, and he puts, you know, unapologetically, he puts Black Rose last. That's like the, and he says, not because I don't like it. It's just that, just that in my opinion, it just doesn't hold a candle to all these other ones. Can you guess what he put number one? What what album? Yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, just a hint. It's not strictly uh, studio albums. <laughs> oh, okay. Live and Dangerous? Yes, yeah. And yeah. he says, like, like, I know they say it's not really live. Is that I, just, I don't care. I mean, you can't. This album is just, the collection of songs is just amazing. And it was from him that I found out about, in a different video, about that that huge box set that came out that's out of print now, the 8 CD or 8, eight LP, whatever version it is. Yeah. Of, I had no idea. What, what they did is they put out a collection, you know, remastered, uh, the original album as it is, as we know it. But they also included, I guess, every single concert that that album was sourced from. Because it's not just, in case you don't know, Live and Dangerous is not one show. It's like yeah. eight, ten shows or something in all these different places. Uh, so you get all the, the all those concerts in their entirety as well. The, you know, all recorded on multitrack and remixed. And he says, I haven't heard any of it, but he, he says that they... You sound it still sounds great. You know, you can hear the the track because obviously Live and Dangerous Live and Dangerous is notorious for having a lot of overdubs and fixes on it, you know, where Phil redid his vocals or and and the guitars were were overdubbed and stuff. So, so you get to hear what the original tracks were before they fixed them up and it, they still sound great. You know. Yeah. That's what he yeah. says. I I'm dying to hear that. Yeah, I uh, so uh, this is from my friend Kelly Navarro, but there's a there's a uh I want to shine a light on a, on a Thin Lizzy song. Um, it's it, uh, uh, f- uh, from, well, it's, uh, it, it's on Life Live, but it's also on, on uh, Live and Dangerous is the uh, uh, Suicide Live. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, so good. Um, anyway, and then uh, uh, kill a song. I'm just going to kill a live performance by Motley Crue. <laughs> so <laughs> that's me. But yeah, we'll probably we'll, uh, we, we we shall this shall be continued. We shall uh, we'll take this slap to the van and we'll uh, head north. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it onwards. Cheers, y'all. Here we are. Oh, we're back. We're back. Hey, it's Clevercast again. Yeah. What episode? It's still episode two, two, yeah. 259. 259, yeah. 259. We are just leaving a little place called Salad. Salad in Texas. Just north of Houston, just south of Oklahoma. And uh, we played our first time ever at a place called the Wounded Ostrich. Welcome to Slappercast again. Why are we doing another one? Well, because we didn't have Turbo the last time because he was he was Doc Curious. We'll say. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my so God. okay, that's enough. That's title enough. title is Doc Curious. <laughs> that's good. We're traveling south, approximately 68 miles an hour. The temperature is 39 degrees, as you can probably tell by my winter coat. Uh, Chad, you got a coat on? Yeah. Turbo, you, you wrapped up? Yeah, I got my jacket. Wrapped up like a docker. Um, <laughs> we uh, we just played first time ever at the Wounded Ostrich in Deep Ellum. Deep Ellum. Uh, Dallas, Texas. Let me tell you, oh, kids. Damn. Let me tell you, kids. Aggie owned, part Aggie owned, I think. 
Charles and Christian with a sound and uh, uh, Chase and Andrew behind the bar playing at the front door uh, I want to tell you I want to tell you that's a that's a great club uh, yes. that is a fun 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 club and I have to thank everybody that came out all our crew that came out what a what a, what a phenomenal night that's I, I look forward to playing that place again yeah, yeah. we had a I, th- I swear like half the people in the bar were Aggies that was uh, that was something else that's something else. I want to say that's the second time that we've ever played the Warham outside College Station. Yeah. Second? We've done it in, what was that? Washington? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, outside of Washington. Is that the only time we've done it? Uh, there might have been another time. I think we may have done it in Houston. I want yeah. to say we did it in Houston one time. We did it like at T-Bones once, I think, too. Yeah. But, uh, For like two wow, hours. it's just a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's like uh, Phyllis Butler's... Uh, uh, Red Rose Cafe or the Hibernius yeah. in Little Rock, Arkansas. You just don't don't take it outside. I mean, that's theirs. Not, she owns that. And she will drop kick you in the fucking throat. <laughs> I just had a ball tonight. Yeah. I had an absolute ball tonight. What about, what about y'all? Absolutely. Yeah. They had a blast. Yeah. What are we going back? I know. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll turn this shit around right now. Let's go. That was not at all what I was expecting. What were you expecting, Chad? I don't know. We, we played places up in Dallas many, many times. It's not often enough, but I think the thing is we've we've been doing these here because several people said, "Well, we saw you at the Grapevine Festival. We saw you at Sherman, or which we're it was. doing in April." Yeah, so two days. There's something to say. It's you know the best in 10, 15 years. You know, in the early days, we used to come up here. We played Tipperary Inn. That place closed. So we that didn't finish, and then we there was I'm, a couple I'm, other bars we hit. Yes, glad you said that. Nothing ever landed. I'm good. Really. No idea. Well, let, let me say this too. Yeah. I'm not going to name the bar. Because I, I, I detest the the, the, the place. I said said this. We uh, we arrived at the place. Let's just call it McSilly, right? The town was called McSilly, just outside of Dallas. And we get a phone call. Yeah, come up and play for us, big fans. Blah blah blah. All right, so we can go great. Grab a call. We have a PA. We have all everything you need. We show up. There wasn't even fucking mic stands there. No mic stands. A friend of ours. A very, very, very wonderful friend of ours went out and bought, purchased three mic stands, and not just shit mic stands, not just the pro stage, you know, those yeah, plastic ones. Shit. He bought us the ones with the weighted bottoms on them. Justin, thank you, Justin. Justin, yes. So we got the show going eventually, and then uh, anyway, long story short, that's probably already too long to say that, but it was a very, very crappy night. For us, and we played a couple of other places. We played at one time. Uh, we played the night before the Grapevine Festival at a bar, and it was one of those things where they kind of churned the bands through, and sound was just really loud. Sound guy was okay, from what I remember, but it was so loud that people that came to see it was just—it was a metal show. Everything was a metal show. That was another very forgettable night. We've just played these places, so we were always kind of expecting to have that just moderately warm reception tepid reception and just can't wait to get out of there not tonight every yeah. song was fun great size stage nicely designed room sold tons of gear sold yeah out of show. they uh, yeah, were sold out of everything I think there's the most LPs we've sold in one night there's <laughs> a show I think like everybody was buying uh oh don't tell Birch Maiden and Tara <laughs> <laughs> Irish Maiden shots fired Irish Maiden and Birch Maiden the most that I've sold yeah. I'll say that yeah, it was nonstop. 
Yeah, signed T-shirts, signed belly buttons, signed. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Signed on Lake House. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> what a great, what a what a great fucking night. What a great night. I just uh, yeah. Charles and all the gang up there really know what they're doing, and it's in Deep Elm, which I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I, I probably shouldn't say this aloud, but. Uh, I lived in Dallas for a very, very short time. There's a song called Second Worst Girlfriend. It comes from my experience. That's enough. Uh, Deep Elm was not like that. And it's 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 very gentrified now. So the the, the, uh, the streets are narrow and they're one way and they're no, not one way, but they're very narrow and their parking's limited and you know, if you you know, if you want to park here, you know, you you gotta do it right. But the wounded ostrich. Deep Elm, Dallas, Texas. They're doing it right. Yeah. Bartenders are great. Yeah. Sound guy, Christian, great. And, and they have a wonderful back uh, backstage area with coffee, with snacks, with uh, water, with all kinds of stuff. And uh, just it's just nice that they thought of all of that. Yeah. People always build the club. They're in the club, and then it's three or four months into it and they go hey let's put a stage there right put a little triangle there the band will go there crap sound no they decked it out they they hung the speakers they put the subs under the stage the place is kicking yeah I think the wounded ostrich got wounded from rock and roll yeah and Turbo just flew in this morning oh, yeah. on the Alaska Airlines oh yeah uh, no windows no doors it's, it, the, the flights are really cheap but uh so he was at the SJC why don't you tell him I went down to SJC. They had about a dozen of their drummers come in from all over. Man, we got to meet all these people, and it was a big event. Man, I was just—I I just got to say, there was—it was really cool. Like this, this one guy, Patrick, was there. He's the drummer of the band Ice Nine Kills. Who are they opening for? Metallica. Never heard of them. Me neither. But they—they're uh, doing like a two-year deal with them, and just you know, talking stories. And man, there's just all kinds of kids there from four years old. I mean, you're just taking pictures with them. And, they just they just want to hang out with you like and, and, and you know and then I'm like a fan of some of these guys that are there and so you know I'm there they're taking pictures with me and then I'm taking pictures with other people so it's it's really cool so Mike owner of SJC nice job Volcom nice job the, the SJC so he's got he's got the two kids three kids actually. three kids so you got the two kids here in America but that kid tonight sounded thunderous yeah it was I mean it was it was earth shaking yeah really 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 I mean. Like I said, having the subs under your feet, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. it's but, so full, man. She's yeah. such a good kid. Yeah, it was a good time. We uh, met a lot of cool people, and uh, they did a lot of little drum like demos, where you know all the drummers, all of us, we, we sat down and played, and we did little duels together. And cool, man, it's really cool. So a mixed array of players from you know kids that were ten years old, and you know seasoned guys yeah. like. Some of those older guys in there, but uh, yeah. One thing I want to say about SJC is that there's so many companies out there nowadays. We were talking to some guys, and he's like, "I'm like, man, you should be sponsored by everybody." Like he, this is a you know, just a, a guy at that level right now, and he's like, "Man, they just don't do it like that anymore." Yes. And you know, these companies just aren't. They don't act. It's not the same as it was 10, 20 years ago. So, so what's happening now is, and correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Like that's happened. Um, Good night, folks. <laughs> the greed. All right, just take it from the start. Start at Spotify, Pandora, and the, all, you know all these streaming services, right? And they give you fractions of 
fractions of fractions of a penny, right? Per play, blah blah blah. Same thing with the, the everybody wants to get so much. They have to get so much. They have to so back in the day when Promark or Evans or any of these people that were sponsoring their drawers or Marshall who was or Gibson or they would do these deals and it was it was lucrative for the for the for both sides. You yes. know, for, for the, the guitar for the artist and the you know, the manufacturer because they would promote the, the, so what, what, what they did was they just they, they, they watered everything down so much to where you know it's the same thing with, with, with those bands that get to go on these big tours. A lot of them is pay to play. You have to pay the band, these headliners, you have to pay them so much money to, 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 to open for them. But you will recoup that in sales and stuff. But again, you're starting out in red, in the red. How, why would you do that? You know, I mean, yes, yes. If we were going to go on a stadium tour, so yes, I would pay. Absolutely, would pay. But it shouldn't be like that. If you're, if you're, if you're guaranteed, if you, you know, if you're, if you're worth your salt, you can go on before anybody and bring everybody in, warm them up, do your job. Yep. Hard 45, hard 90 minutes, whatever you get, make sure that there's no no downtime that you go in and you destroy, right? But what's happened is with all these uh, deals is, and I don't mind paying costs. I don't mind paying the cost for the for the, for the the thing, but when I had the diamond deal, I mean, I got free guitars all the time. Uh, too many guitars. And those guys were phenomenal. They they set my guitars up, they tuned my amp, they you know they they just made sure that they everything was taken care of. But that was one of the last people that that I know that would that would give you a really good deal. You know, I, I, you know that's all I played was diving guitars and diving amps. That's all I played. That's all you know, everywhere we went. The thing I love about SJC yes. is the energy behind them, and those guys live it. When you when you arrived at the at the uh, at the store when you you know at the factory, they were as happy and as giddy as you were, and I didn't think that you could be matched. I mean, I really didn't, because I saw you when you left, and I saw you on camera. Good good work, Ed. I saw you when you went through the door, and I was like, man, they matched you on that. That was impressive. Yeah, yeah I just watched. You know, Mike. I just want to uh, give a shout out to him. He's the owner and. I mean, he put attention to everybody. It, you know, every level of drummer they have, everybody. And I just was like, man, he doesn't have to do that. And he, I do work harder than anybody in there. I mean, and uh, it's it's really cool to be part of it. You know? it, 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 it was is. really cool. They had all of us take like a big photo, kind of out, like all the drummers take. And man, you could just feel everybody was kind of like leaning into each other like oh man you know like everybody here is all across the United States people from all over yeah and they're they're only here they're here together because of that company yeah you know yeah. and I don't know any other company that's doing that I, I really don't you know and uh, maybe there is we, I just don't know but can you uh, can you tell can you tell the kind folks who their biggest who SJC's biggest like drummer drummer is I mean they have Trey Cool Green Day you know, they've got uh, Josh and 21 Pilots. They've got... Um, Putting on the spot. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some of their other big names. Yeah, but, I uh, mean, Green Day alone. Yeah, I mean, they're top of the line, you know. So it's probably their two biggest, you know, but they got all kinds of big players yeah. in there. And the, the manufacturing, the, the job that they do... Oh, 
when when you showed up with that with both of those kids here, I was just I, I, my jaw dropped. I think yeah. it's a, you just I had, mean, when I was there, they were they they had this you know they're they're cutting out these you know the kind of the emblems that go on the outside of the drums. Yeah, and they had like all these kind of on this tray thing, and uh, I was like, oh man, you guys are doing a lot. She goes, no. The gal there, Chris, is like, now basically these are like the throwaways. They got to be perfect. Like, I'm like, that, I looked at it, I go, man, that looks great. And she's like, no, see this little thing right here? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, man, they, they're they not going to give you something that's garbage. You know, they're going to, they're not going to cut a corner. That's you know? what I'm I mean. Like, I mean, that's, and again, that's really hard to find. When you see all these little, you know, uh, just, just, I mean, I, I, get, I, I really only know the guitars, but, you know, you see these little, hundred dollar Squire, you know, bullshit yeah. guitars at Guitar Center, and people are buying them because it's only a hundred dollars. You don't understand. You're you're not going to play that. You're not going to enjoy that. SJC, you're getting practically handcrafted. Oh, I mean, you're going to get a kit for life. Yeah. The thing is, if you if you get a custom kit from them, I mean, you can call them up and get a custom kit built. They'll they'll work with yeah. you, and you're buying a kit for life. Like you're not. This is your kid for life. Like you, it's gonna last you a life. It's gonna outlast you. If you want, it's an investment. I go, yes, man. Why would you know? Why would you not get something like that? If you're, you're serious like, about playing music, yeah. then, then you get good stuff. Yeah. If you're not, then you just go buy the buy the hundred dollar crap at Guitar Center. And then, but let me just t- take this moment to say that our friends at Texas Music Emporium, Rock and Robin, Andrews Music, you know, all these local shops that we do business in all the time. Let me tell you right now, those guys will take such good care of you. And I, 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 I ask people over and over again, if you're going to buy that that $100 Squire, I promise you, if you go to uh, Texas Music Emporium, you go to any of these places, they will give you a much better guitar. They'll, it won't be the same price. It'll be very close, but you'll have a guitar that you will enjoy playing. And these guitars are set up for you, so you take it home and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like your your fingers are doing push-ups on the, you know trying to hold the strings down. Yeah. You know you're you're destroying your will or you're destroying your creativity when you play a crap instrument like that. When you play a good instrument, it it sparks, it pushes you. It it it, it you know. Yeah, I was gonna bring my my custom kit down to him, and uh, we had that freeze out that bad weather. Yeah. And then so I got to get back down there, but. Uh, like you said, the tour series kit I have is thunderous. He's going to work on my custom kit a little bit. And uh, it sounds great. Don't get me wrong. We play live. It sounds great. But I'm like, I want a little different sound. Yeah. So he's going to he's gonna help me, you know, get on, kind of tech that one up a little bit. Yeah. Show me what I need. But Again, uh, again, this hands-on service that you can't get. Yeah. When you drop it off at, at Guitar Center, it's a, it's a number on a ticket. And they don't give an absolute fuck. I mean, yeah. they'll just bring you... They'll, they'll, they'll tighten some bolts and they'll send it back. You know, they just, these guys work with you and they fix it. And it's just, dude, I don't want to call this kid out, but I took, remember we had that mic that was spitting out for a couple shows? Yeah. Way, way a year or two ago. Uh, and I took that mic down and I was like, man, this thing is spitting. Something's wrong with it. And he, he's like, hooks it up to the little testers, like, oh, it sounds good. And I'm like, no, man, look, I, I play. Playing all the time. I, I'm telling you right now, dude, I've changed cores. Remember, I bought all those cores. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, something's wrong. And he just brushed me off. I'm like, fuck you. I just was so mad. I was like, so then I just bought another mic because I'm like, I don't have time to argue with this guy. I, you know, we were getting ready to leave for another show. So I go, 
well, give me another bike. And I'm like, I still have that bike sitting in my house. I was like, yeah. bike. I, I just eventually was like, I got the new one. And I was like, forget the old one. But they just didn't, he didn't want to help me. Like, no, uh, I know. But that, you had the that, same experience with the cables. Remember that? Yeah. 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 They're so like, oh, they're good. I'm like, but yeah. he's, it's having a problem. Like, yeah. So, what's next? What a fun time tonight. That was yeah, great. That was fun. That was a, that was a really fun time. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back there. That's a that's a special room. It is. Yeah. What's next? We got Huntsville. We got Huntsville. Vegas. Gold Street. And uh, and Log On and Bowman. Yes. Bowman. 12th Street Bar. In, in, there's going to be a few bands, uh, a lot of bands that we haven't seen before. So, uh, if, you, if you get a chance, uh, you know, head on, you know, our Houston friends head up north to uh, Huntsville and uh, 12th Street Bar. We've played there once before. Really looking forward to get back and doing that again. And then uh, Log On Cafe in, in, in Beaumont. We've always yeah. had, had a ball there. Yeah. So uh, I think I think our friends from the Southeast Texas Renaissance Festival will be there too. So nice. A lot of fun. We haven't been doing this because we've been uh, focusing a lot on the Shane McGowan, the Thin Lizzy, and the Elvis and all that stuff. We haven't done this. I'm just going to shine a light. I'm not going to kill anything, but I'm still, I was listening to uh, Mark Doffer's uh, uh, record the other day, not the new one. He just released a new one last week. Um, yeah. And uh, I heard a couple of tracks off, very good. But I was listening to a song called Skydiving, Out of This World. Shining, I'm just shining a light on that. Kelly Navarro, Shining a Light. Beautiful, beautiful song. Harmonies for days. And if you're... Uh, Oh, and then one more, one more. Bright Sunshiny Day. I'm not a fan of that song, but there's a band called the Hot House Flowers, a band out of Ireland. They do a cover of that song. Holy crap. Get a chance to listen to that. As a side note, we, we're getting shit from them. They go, I don't like killing songs. Okay, so we just, yeah, whatever. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to mention a song. Uh, I haven't actually said this on the Finn Lizzy show, but there is a song on Vagabonds of the Western World called oh, yeah. Songs for All in the Way, which is actually, they took that title for the, the documentary that came yeah. out last or two years ago. Documentary. Which is a really great documentary about Philo. I think it's sanctioned by his family, or it's, it's it was endorsed by his family because his daughters are in it. Um, really great documentary. But anyway, the song, song, a song for All in the Way off of Vagabonds, is incredible. And I, I, I'm kind of new to listening to a lot of their early stuff. I really was only familiar with, like, Jailbreak going forward. And uh, so this has been really fun going back and listening to these older records. The song for a while, boy, we've talk, we were talking about the, uh, the Elvis influence on Philo the last couple yeah. of episodes. What an Elvis fan he was. It's not, there There are some really obvious Elvis stuff on Chains of Blue Orphan, as Patrick was mentioning before. This one is a little, it's definitely obvious, but it's like not as overt. Because it starts off with this gorgeous, it's, it's a ballad. And it's in like in 6-4 or 3-4 time. And he's playing this amazing arpeggio on the bass. His bass line is like this this descending arpeggio. It's almost, it's almost like a Beatles-esque kind of thing. Uh, if you listen to it, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And then he gets into the chorus, and it's like just like something Elvis would have done in his later Vegas years. Or you are my life. It's just... It's fucking gorgeous. So please, if you if the, if the only Lizzie stuff you know is like Jailbreak and Cowboy Songs. I love all that stuff too. You gotta go and listen to Vagabonds. The whole record is is great. 
but that song especially is, I think, my favorite that Lizzie's on right now. It'll probably change next week. But yeah. I'm going to shine a light on a song, uh, One Day Bastard. It's on the new Green Day album. So, I don't really know what's my favorite song on it yet. I just got into it a couple days ago. But uh, I think overall, this whole record's like, you know, when you take a band and then you can tell that they've really matured yeah. and honed what it is that they do, that's this record to me. I'm like, man, from front to back, I'm like, this thing is. Uh, yeah. How's that when you jump on that? <laughs> I'm into it. So, I just got started into it. So. You know, I I recommend it. I've got this thing blasted. Cool. I already know later tonight I'm having this thing cranked. Right. Yeah. But uh, that sounds super awesome. Super, <laughs> super, super, super awesome. But I'm gonna sh- shine out on that one song right now because there's this really cool little fill in there that I was telling you about. I'm like, oh, yeah. Can I borrow that? Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah, you, cool. You gotta play it for us. I will. Yeah. I haven't heard the Green Day yet, but it's so okay. good. But but I'm gonna tell you all these songs that we mentioned today. If you're if you're at work, or you know you're bored, I would look up these songs because this will. It's definitely got a. It's, it, they're all in different directions, you know. They're all different tastes, but I think I would be very shocked if, if somebody didn't like all of those songs. Like I said, I've learned the Green Day, but I've been really impressed with their the evolution of their sound. And, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those guys just they just play so well. Such a great band. Yeah. Oh. And I, and I never thought I'd like them. Our friend Laureen likes them too, I think. Yeah. So, all right. So why don't you uh, go about your day? Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for, uh, you know, hitting hit subscribe and uh, Anyway, talk to you later. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week, folks. Boss. What? <laughs>